covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Lucky number nine is this week in the NAL as week nine is upon us, along with many good matchups as we had talked about leading out of Wednesday Rewind. We are now here for your final walkthrough on this Friday here leading into your games this evening and Saturday in the National Arena League. Zach Kalman here, as always, as I welcome you in alongside my good buddy and pal, Jim Mernier, 900 miles away in Jacksonville for the latest edition of Inside the Walls. Jim, it's good to see you, man. You, you, things getting better. The lightning strikes slowing down. The electricity coming back. It's Florida, Maybe. man. Wait five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that, it's Florida, man. Like literally here in Jacksonville today, it was 104 degrees. And earlier today, they said that uh, rain chances were about 80% chance of rain today. We had none. Welcome Jesus. to Florida. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Unreal. So you want your weather prediction here? Will it be accurate? Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida. Luckily, but the temperatures, by the way, the temperatures, they don't lie about those. When they say it's that temperature, expect five degrees hot. That's honestly, (laughs) honestly, heat wave across the country. I mean, I'm, I'm not as bad as you. We're, we're like mid nineties right now in Indiana. You you wish you're just 10 degrees. I I get it. I get it. I get it. But is it dry heat up there? Yeah. I mean, today, it has been the last few days. Still gets humid. I mean, last weekend it was like uh, walking through soup. It really was. I mean, it's just like I'm. Oh, you're, so like, you're talking about Florida mornings. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's like Florida yeah. every freaking day. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's you open right. up the door, instant sweat. <laughs> Welcome, Florida. So, if anybody who's not from Florida, that's perfect description. So, if you're going on vacation, Florida, prepare to be soaking wet about nine thirty in the morning if you walk outside. Well, I'll tell you what, most fans in the NAL are probably also dealing with the same heat. Probably a good weekend to go inside a nice air-conditioned arena for your games, especially this evening. I mean, come on, two of our three on a Friday night, why not kick it off in the right way? And mm-hmm. we'll get into all three of these contests, three that are becoming a little more unpredictable based on how we've uh, ended week eight. Uh, before we do that, though, it's back on track with our power rankings. As you know, last week, we took a detour. We said, all right, we're going to go mid-season grading, report, report cards. cards. You know, we had to, we had to evaluate how the, how the field's doing. Those report cards might now be adjusting by the end of the season just off one week. Or maybe folks were, you know, tuning in. They said, okay, I see what you're doing. I got to get my grades up. Got to get, got to be able to graduate from uh, yeah. the Inside the Walls <laughs> podcast university. Uh, I, I-T-W-P-U. Yeah. <laughs> or for the Carolina Cobras. Oh, we got straight A's. That's awesome. We can take the day off. Oh, no. You let, a, you let a test slip. What are you doing? Yeah, you, can't let, you can't slack on the midterms, my guy. Uh, or senior <laughs> skip day, and they've realized it's right before the, the yes. senior exams. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. But, so we're back, on, we're back on track with our power <laughs> rankings. Um, Honestly, we come into this one, there's going to be some, there's going to be a few shakeups, kind of some rattling and rolling for some spots. I think, Um, again, when you, when you have two of the big dogs fall either for, you know, at the same time this week, one of them falls now two weeks in a row might be a little bit of a uh, jumble now as we do this. And let's just kick things off. Um, Honestly, still looking at this and I'm going to do this just because 
It's still only one win, but it don't t- take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to say this right. Take this with a grain of salt because of how they played last week. One win still gets me at a six for the gunslingers, but that gap is very much shrinking just how that performance was. Seriously, if you're a gunslingers fan that listens in, and we know some of you do, plenty of listen to that clear shot interview. So some of you definitely tune in. Trust me, it's just for the sake of the record and the fact that, you know, every dog has his day, but things I know are looking up. I ain't taking anyone for granted. Trust me. I've already had, I'm eating, I'm eating plenty of crow. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I, I know. There's going to be more upsets along the way or favoriting games along the way. There's six right now for me, Jim. Do they, they move up any, is there any chance? Power rankings don't mean anything in professional sports, especially in the United States where there's playoffs to be made. Power rankings are just there, whatever. Like do rankings in week nine really count in college football or do the final four rankings at the end count? more? It's the end. Exactly. Um, San Antonio is still number six for me, but I can't say anything more than you did. <sighs> One win, but man, that gap is closing fast. And I just want to say hats off to them that oh, this yeah. San Antonio team is a lot better than week one San Antonio team. And that's what you need. You want to see improvement. That's them. And yeah, they're number six right now, but could change next week, especially with the mother uh, with another team. They play for the third time. So it's going to be unique. They got a big win and, a, and an epic win, the first ever win in the National Green Lake. So it's and for San Antonio, yeah, you're sixth place, but you're vibing right now. You got that, you got the W. But yeah, um, they're six for me. Number five for me. Got check around. Okay, good. Uh, Orlando Predators. Um, yeah. Three and four. It's just the next couple of rankings of Predator fans are like, it didn't move. We're still the same with the preseason first week. Yeah, but your three and four got a loss. Uh, but out of all the games, yes, you did a comeback. Yes, you did good. But it's now – it's so hard. My, you'll notice the rest of my power rings, why I got them at five. It's everything's so crammed right now. It's like – it's literally – they're a sneeze away of being number two or number three in the power rankings. That's how tight they are. Um, they're doing well. They just had, you know, couldn't make up the comeback. The Furious comeback in Jacksonville didn't finish. Um, and Jacksonville pulled off a they, they held on and pull off a win. So I can't punish them for that. So, yeah, I got Orlando at five. Um, but, again, San Antonio, Orlando, it's all – our power rankings are on six teams. They're, they're very – their records don't tell you how close a lot of these teams are overall. No, they don't. And I, I also got Orlando at five. Falls in the same category as you have coined. The muck is very much in play right now. Should be a t-shirt. And, yeah, it really should be a t-shirt. We got to get on that, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, the muck. we'll get we'll get into that. We'll have to get in that one before the season ends. But yeah, Orlando's at five. Just I mean, again, they missed they missed opportunities last week. We they can keep up with Jacksonville, but they did everything themselves. They couldn't get out of their Jacksonville's defense. As we talked in the in the rewind it did everything it could to slow down Orlando and they just couldn't make it up. Now they have chances to go back. This is a three game series. Clearly it's going to be close. You know, these two are by, by default to me, rival teams and it's getting better every, every year so far. And I think it's going to keep going that way just with how the predators have been building their base back up. Um, But there are five right now. There's a lot of positives as well with Orlando, 
but you got to play a full four quarters, guys. That That's what's going to make or break you for the rest of the season. Um, I need to see a little more strength in the victories, too. Saw two defeats, two wins against Gunslingers when they were still kind of getting a feel. And then a Columbus team that, well, doesn't have its court, didn't have its uh, quarterback from last week and was uh, offensively inept, I will dare, dare I say. So reasons they are at five. Number four, though, and I think, I think Jim and I will be in agreement on this. I'm putting Albany at four. I am. And, and here's the deal. I mean, you know, I cannot stand by as I watch Columbus and Jacksonville take massive strides. Jacksonville lately, for sure. Columbus did against Carolina. And what Albany did against San Antonio, they came in, you know, a game that to me, I thought they would walk away the win. I don't know if it was going to, how close it was going to be. I thought, you know, it'd be at least a possession with how San Antonio was playing, but they came in look flat to start things were looking shaky and it's been a tendencies are starting to catch up to them. As we talked, you know, I got to see a team that starts diversifying its weapons and how it targets its weapons. Questions of quarterback are now arising to me, at least some people as well, you know, does Sam keep the job? How quickly does, how short of a leash does Tom and us have? If you watched last week, yeah. does he pull it and put Warren Smith in? If things look bad against the Cobras again, we're going to find out defensively. Can we see a little bit more of that presence we had leading up to that last Carolina game? We're going to have to find out, but right now they're at four. That was a loss that you couldn't take to me. And it's really put, I think some of the aspirations for Albany, it's going to be like, you got to kick yourself into gear. Now, you know, there's yeah. a lot of, there's teams, this middle section of the NAL is starting to kind of catch up. You know, you don't want to fall behind too fast, there are four for me right now. They just got to find a way. And I thought it was kind of a, a to me, it was a bit of an embarrassing loss, even though he came back and lost by three. You know, I bet Tom Manas is telling his, is talking to his personnel saying we shouldn't have even been in that situation. You know, I agree with you. I, I can't add any more to that. Just the last couple of weeks, we have seen a different Albany team compared to the first couple of weeks of the season. It seems like teams now have a blueprint on how to beat Albany. And that may be because uh, Carolina showed them how to do it. Uh, but right now, they're just not – yes, they're not playing good football right now. And, yes, they might have a better record than the other couple of teams above them in the power rankings, but it's what it's what we see right now. And last week and the following week over Carolina, they just don't – they don't look good. Um, they look sluggish. They look like they're getting beat off the ball. And it just seems like what I just mentioned. It seems like teams are now finding a way to beat Columbus or beat Albany. And that's, hey, let Darius Prince beat you. We're going to contain everyone else. And if, ever, if anyone else doesn't go off, you're going to beat Albany. Because, yeah, let's say, let, let Prince have his day. And we let him have his day. We control everyone else. And I, I think that's I, what happens with Albany. I also wonder, too, how much uh, – because Albany is – so last two years they have been known for they do many and many a high profile signings or kind of fill in like you know top talent fill in to get going you know they didn't they got Marvin Ross in there last week so of course that was supposed to help plug where Magruder's not in right now you know yeah. you kind of wonder you know some cohesion you know you wonder if that also is a factor going through like guys that come in they're not I mean I know some of them were with the soul back in the day but you know, you still need some time to kind of know what you want to do, even on a mm -hmm. short notice, or even as you're rotating roster pieces, you know, people, I, I mean, 
it's got to, to me, it's a theory, I guess. Yeah. I kind of a theory I have right now with some of but the, it, some of the sloppiness. But even right now, fourth in the power rankings, they're still a very capable team of winning this whole league. They have that roster. It's just that right now, based on recent couple of weeks, they're, they're heading the wrong direction compared to the other three teams above them in the power rankings. Uh, my number three team, I don't know if it's the same with you, my number three in the power rankings is the Columbus Lions. They jumped up two more. Um, Columbus is playing Columbus-style football. What I saw last weekend was a Jason Gibson team. They keep doing that. They beat, and they have played Jacksonville to, uh, this weekend, and they play like that against Jacksonville and get a win. Just blink an eye, and all of a sudden we're like, can Columbus now become that team that can struggle early in the year, turn their season around midway, and steal home field advantage through one of the top two teams? They have that roster, same as Jacksonville. Um, right now, it seems like Carolina and Albany are going one direction, and Jacksonville and Columbus are going the other direction, and it's a uniqueness. But right now, let's talk about Columbus. Gibson, I think, has found his guy, his quarterback. Starks is a madman. Um, they have something in Columbus. This week's game, the rivalry again in, between Jacksonville and Columbus is going to be epic again in Columbus this weekend. I got Columbus at number three just based from our last ranking. I think they jumped from five to three. Um, this was, this was what happens when you have a dominant win over the number one team in the league? Gets you that little, little juice. That's when the SEC type of favoritism kicks in. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Um, I, Columbus, Jason Gibson, everything's gelling. Um, they found something in Columbus, and watch out. You and I might be thinking on the same page for this for the rest of this power rank because I also have Columbus at three. Oh. Um, I, I I mean, look, one I also preference too. It's been a one week change, so I need to see multiple weeks of you know. And credit they get to face the Sharks this weekend at home, so they'll get to have another test again. Different. Two completely different teams are going to be facing each other for the third time. Weird how that's worked out, but that's the beauty of arena, you know, quick signings, changes on the fly. Like it is anything can happen with that too. So, you know, good management and good talent searches on, on the quick draw helps uh, turn things around. So I got Columbus at number three, main thing we've talked about. The lions have the best defense in the NAL. They just needed someone to on the other side of the ball, manage and be that field general, that can supplement when the defense has and holds drives down and gets turnovers. Daniel Smith was able to do that. That is exactly what they needed. Not to mention, not to mention Darius Townsend. I mean, dude just went off in all phases of the game. He's coming into his own at any given time that he's given a chance to explode on the turf. And then Kerry Starks coming back and being an animal, you know, taking the game away, maybe pent up rage going, all right. Here we go. And he let it all let it go against, uh, you know, against Jan, Jonathan Bain. I mean, that he was the terror of, of Bain's night for that sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, look, defensively, the Lions, it's not been an issue. But yeah, Gibson now has the QB to run the system he wants to run. And right now, they kind of, as we've thought about it at the beginning of the year, that arena Iron Man-esque built roster, one that's built mo- mainly to have interchangeable pieces as needed, you know, it's not as much about the t- overall talent in that in a player. It's more about, you know, being able to be a more well-rounded individual in the spot you're in. It's shining now. It's shined against Carolina, you know, and Carolina is the other one in this league right now. You could argue is kind of hitting that stride in that regard, or at least it had been. So 
I got them at three. I need to see a little more body of work, but they definitely deserved getting back out from under the playoff power ranking side of it that I had them. Mm-hmm. They're my three right now. And my two is Jacksonville. It, it's, it's, it, it is. I, I mean, Arvell Nelson has changed the game as we've discussed it for them, stabilized and thriving with that receiving core. I know, you know, Devin Wilson's status, still a question. We're going to have to see how that plays out. But look, when they traded for Derek Dangerfield, those two had a connection back from the days of the Washington Valor. That made sense. So that's a, an instant plug and play right there. Daquan Murray's coming into his own. Rob Jones already was a star in this league. They got they have weapons that they've been utilizing. And Arville Nelson basically elevates those guys. You know, he's able to toss up. He's making concise decisions on plays. That's what you need. And defensively, if Jacksonville can have a complete game like they had that first half against Orlando, things might be uh might be a change in that regard too because that was their weakest link. Last week they showed step, some strides. I was very pleased to see that. It's going to be crucial to see how far this Jacksonville team can go this year all things considered. Yeah, uh Jacksonville's my number 2 by shock. Um, Arvell Nelson is the reason why. Uh, since Arvell Nelson has been with the Jacksonville Sharks, the Sharks are 3-0. Um, he's finding ways to win. Yes, he makes mistakes, one one legitimate mistake in each game, but Jacksonville finds a way to overcome those mistakes. Um, besides last week's you know, second-half debacle against Orlando, they got it done. They got the win. Uh, they're 4-4, four and four, and over the last three weeks, they're a completely different team. And uniqueness is that they're playing Columbus this week. They're playing a Columbus team that's completely different from Previous two matchups again, so it's a different it's the love of the game, like you said. How change, how quickly they think changes. Uh, for Jacksonville overall, Dangerfield is going to be a key situation. Does he step up? Does he become that go-to weapon that Devin Wilson is? Because we know Devin could be out for a couple of weeks, could be out for a week, could be out for the season. We have no idea yet. We still don't have any information on that. Uh, but Jacksonville has a lot of good weapons. The defense stepped up tremendously this past week. And one thing. Like I've always said, Jacksonville's had a good Ironman roster from week one. They just need stability at the quarterback position. They finally got Arbel Nelson, and it seems like they're getting better each and every week. And yes, three and zero. If they find a way to pull off an upset in Columbus this week, they're four and three, and potentially by the end of the week, they could be tied for first in the National Arena League. Um, that's that's unique. That's this week is huge. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville's number two, and I have a base because of how they've been playing. Uh, Complete three, complete 180. Almost at 360. That's a complete circle. Uh, complete 180 from earlier this season. And as a Sharks fan, yeah, it's good. But are we happy? No. Still half a season to go and get oh, a sure. playoff to get in. But right now, Jacksonville went from can they barely get the four seed to they could potentially, potentially go after the second seed. And if things do fall by the May, two critical games at home against Carolina towards the end of the year, could be the determinant factor of who homes home field throughout the playoffs. Um, that's still up for grabs and everyone right now in the league, because of what happened last week, those one and two seeds are very reachable for four teams. Now, um, if that the last week didn't go like it did, it we're still talking about Jackson Columbus being trying to get in that three and four spot. But right now it's chaos. I love it. Number one, I think is of course, Carolina for both of us, quite ironic, um, bad week. Got kind of, you know, got, got in the chin, but you're six and two. You're still the number one team in the uh, NAL. Yeah, you got it in the chin of a much, much, much improved Columbus team. You still have the better roster, in my opinion, in the league. Bain had a bad game. Um, 
Coach Rez coaching was kind of different. It felt like the team wasn't in stride. I think that their mindset's more focused now this week against Albany. Uh, they kind of got a wake-up call, and I don't have them dropping any further than uh, the top's position right now um, because uh, they're 6-2, and two, and I think this was just – Columbus is just over – like over a week, a lot better than they were, because uh, now they new new pieces, um, but they're at risk of falling too in the standings too in the power rankings. Um, let's see what happens. I, I I just think it's you know not prepared, go on the road and you you get what you deserve not being prepared and credit all the Columbus right now. But I have Carolina at one, but the separation between one and two is getting very tight. Yeah, as we're talking the as we talked, you know, the accordion, it's coming, it's compressing in. And Carolina is number one for me. But I, I do I do want to see how they respond this week with another matchup against Albany. Uh clearly, again, Jonathan Bain was a didn't feel like he was right. Defensively, I really got to point out the Cobras defensively, it felt like they were sleepwalking. And I I think that alone was really just it just felt like the entire roster was not it wasn't at hundred percent for some reason it came in sluggish. I was kind of, I was, I was kind of my eyebrows were raised at how many times I saw missed tackles, missed angles on tackles. Um, it felt like Columbus was hungrier in that contest. They wanted to win. Carolina didn't look like that. They were prepared. They just felt like that they could get through this and go on to next week. And I don't know if that's just the, that's just kind of the repercussions of being at the top or the fact that you're playing, all 14 weeks straight, no bye weeks, which is again something you got to analyze with teams like Jacksonville or Carolina because you know that is going to wear down on guys. You know, you don't get those weeks to recoup. So being at the top as well, you have a target on your back. I mean, there's a few things you got to keep in mind. Uh, Coach Rez knows that this was the worst performance they've had all year. Um, and again, even if they've won the season series against Albany, like you're talking. Standings are getting kind of tight now. You kind of, whoever responds this week between those two, as we talk that matchup in a second, I mean, that's going to help. I mean, it just helps their case for playoffs even more. I mean, honestly, if Albany wins, things are going to get real crazy if that if that's how it goes. Um, we'll discuss that. That's not a prediction, by the way. That's just me saying, if that is to happen, you know, it just kind of gets nuts. So, yeah, as you can see, we, uh, great minds think alike, it appears. And... We appear to be on the same wavelength for this week, for this week, for this week. I I think, I think a lot of the shakeups just made sense though. Like I said, Columbus just kind of, you know, Columbus really threw in a monkey wrench into terms of how things are looking there. San Antonio keep on going up, man. I, there's more wins. I think along the way for them that they, that they can get in this schedule. It's going to be exciting. Question is though, are they going to get a win this week? So let's take a look at the matchups for, Really, the weekend. We're, I mean, let's just, what do you want? To, let's see. Do you want to do the Saturday or do you want to do tonight's matchups? No, there's two Fridays leave. this time. Oh, yeah. Let's leave. Let's give the pregame for Friday night as our last two. Let's, let's get on to the Saturday matchup to kick everything off. So we leave that pregame field. Well, in that case, let's get the two heavyweights in the ring then. Hello. Come on over here. Yeah. yeah Step yeah. it up. Albany, you've you already taken two losses. Carolina. You really could. You really deserve. You're feeling like you need to get a win. Not deserve. Wins aren't deserved. They they are they are earned. Let's let's keep yes. that in mind. Uh, so this time around, the Cobras Empire Round Three Greensboro Coliseum. This time, rather than MVP Arena, Albany's still on its 
two game road trip right now. Um, both teams trying to get off the mat, rough weeks, sloppy mm-hmm. weeks. Uh, one could argue that maybe Carolina even a little more so. One could then argue Albany has been sloppier more consistently as of late. Question is, who gets their act together the fastest? That's what's going to matter the most. Standings-wise, this is a pretty crucial game if you want to try and get back to separating yourself from the pack, or if you're in Albany's case, you just want to make things even more fun. Why not? Make it, make it a little more fun. Everyone's together now. After this week, it could be possible. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will it? Possibly. The uniqueness of the arena game. Yes. Yes, it is. The game question three. Is, yeah. What, what are the keys, especially if you're Albany, what are your keys to get not only to get the upset, but I guess also in the game flow, get ahead. Both games they played, they've gotten behind in the possession battle and have had to play catch up each time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, different venue possibly helps, but I mean, what is it just the coin toss? Is that all we're talking about now? Probably. <laughs> they need to find a way to not let Jonathan Bain beat them. The last two go. games they played against in Albany, Jonathan Bain was putting the ball on the money to his receivers. Uh, one thing that was different from last week or First or the first matchup, the second matchup, DJ Myerson to play, and everyone else beat up. This mm-hmm. this week, I, I think there's still a question about Lance Evans, but DJ's back in the mix. Um, Albany needs to find a way to just not slow down a receiver here and receiver there. They need to just go after the source. They need to go after Bain. They need to try to get him out of sync. Do what Car- uh, Columbus did to Bain last week, and that's make him run out of the pocket. Put someone right in front of them. One thing that quarterbacks don't like is their, their center and the defensive lineman, those guard, in their face right after the snap. Uh, the first two times they did get that against Albany, uh, Albany couldn't do it, and Bain was tearing apart. It has, they have to go after Bain. DJ is going to get his touches. Uh, Kendrick Gaines is going to get his touches. James Summers is going to get his touches. Uh, Zach Brown, which was kind of a disappointment. He didn't have a good game in Columbus. I think Caroline will try to get that. But for Albany's sake, to win this game, they have to find a way to slow down Bain. And you may not have to slow down Bain by taking his receivers out. You have to go after him and try to get him flustered. Um, the key to the game for the Carolina Cobras is get back to what made you guys 6-2. and two. You have the roster. You're at home. So you're friendly confines. And one thing about Carolina, they don't lose a lot of home games besides an early season loss to the Jacksonville Sharks, where it just was the last possession of the game, um, which was a, a traditional arena game. I think Albany, based off how they performed last week in San Antonio, and how Carolina played in Columbus, both teams got their minds like, hey, we can't have back-to-back weeks of this. And for Albany, we can't have back-to-back-to-back weeks of this. Um, Carolina wins. They kind of get a nice little cushion. Uh, they'll still be technically a game and a half, a game ahead of whoever wins between Jacksonville and Columbus or two games. So they'll still have a cushion, but a loss by Carolina and a win by either Carolina or Columbus or Jacksonville. Everyone's separated by the game, almost a half. So more chaos. Uh, so the keys to the game for me, again, Albany needs to get after Bain. Carolina, get back to yourselves. And play in front of your fans. Get your weapons in the game. Who do I pick? Well, a couple of weeks ago, I did make a statement on this show. I'm not going to fall back on that statement. Give me the brooms. 
Carolina is going Ooh. to complete the three-game sweep over the Albany Empire and make the number one position a little bit comfortable right now, but makes the muck of the muck even thicker. But I think this is going to be a better game by Albany. I think it's going to be a more complete game by Albany. I think this is a shootout, and it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. And I think that would be either because of a T.C. Stevens deuce or a critical turnover that at the end of the game that would determine the possession advantage. Give me Carolina in a very high-scoring but close affair. Mm, man, I, I really – it's tough because I think I think both coaches here this week, that is all they're preaching is like this is – you know, I know they said, like I said, Tom, Tom and I said their last matchup against Carolina was the most important game of the season. And mm-hmm. sure, you can argue back at the time it was now with how the standings look, with how, like I said, we talk about how Columbus and Jacksonville are right now. This to me is the most important game of the season for either one of the, really for either one of these teams. More importantly, Albany has more pressure on them, I think, right now. Correct. And I think just to show like, hey, you know, we had some sloppy games. We need to get back up and going, keep ourselves distanced from the rest of the guy, of the crew below. I don't know if they I, – I almost put this out as a challenge. I don't know if they can do it. And I mean, Carolina, yeah, they're, they have, you know, no bye weeks, and they look pretty sloppy. I just don't see Coach Rez doing another straight week of just poor – of accepting poor performance. You're going home in front of your home crowd. Mm-hmm. You're six and two. This game is crucial to them as well because they don't want to be drawn into the middle of that standings pack with everyone else. And honestly, I just don't. I think that Carolina has more options to divert, to spread out the ball, to make Albany's defense be on their toes the entire game, like they have been. Because so far, I mean, Albany's got to show me they have an answer for Jonathan Bain and the passing attack that Carolina's been able to bring to the table each of their other two matchups. I don't know if they have an answer for that. Like I said, if Magruder maybe was healthy, you know, or sorry, not healthy, but not suspended for two games. We're not sure what the suspension is, but mm-hmm. if he was in, maybe I could say there's an argument there. I just, I don't know if there's enough. And I think that maybe with the fact that you saw last week, coach Manas, now he's got a leash on Sam Kastorovic. To me, he does could be wrong, but when you pull a QB being frustrated by play and you're playing back and forth middle of a game, that means that that that's on the table now. So I don't QBs to me having that in the back of their mind, that that's, that's an extra bit of stress. You don't need if you're trying to establish a rhythm. And I guess I challenge Sam here to, you know, look for your other receivers, you know, show me that you can target guys like Aaron Waska or Wade or company outside more consistently. Cause right now Darius Prince, I see him staring down him one too many times without Antoine Grant on the opposite side. It's been coming more and more one dimensional. I just worry about that. I think that it's going to come to the same game patterns last three, as much as I hate to predict a similar game pattern. I think you're going to get one mistake or so from Albany without Mark Orozco. You're also limiting yourself. And that is really going to hurt them too. You saw last week as well. They had to do squib kicks. Mm-hmm. We're kicking out of the back of the end zone. Cause they didn't have a kicker that could do that. You know, that is a big part of your, of your roster. I don't see it. Unfortunately, I think it's going to be a one possession game though. Albany knows how important this is. They're not going to come sluggish to this one, but they're going to lose in Greensboro. They're going to go to 500 and it's going to be a lot of questions. I think moving on into the later half of the season as to where you are in the NAL in terms of not only playoff position, but where you are in terms of best overall or a playoff push with the rest of this, the rest of the six teams. Uh, good game though is ahead. 
I, I think this weekend you're going to have some, you know, some tough fought battles in all three. And, and part of it's parody right now, part of it's that the matchups have, have shown that these are going to be good games. Um, I'm looking forward to this one, honestly, on Saturday. I think it'll be a good cap off to the weekend. But as we go into this evening's games, though, you know, got a few, like I said, a few crucial ones. I think mo- mostly for teams that are just trying to keep up. Or if you're Columbus and Jacksonville, I'll say this right now. When we do that one in a second, that's going to be I mean season series we're going to be discussing. I am going to push it to the side because let's talk about San Antonio and Orlando again. The two times these guys have played close to the bitter end type of contests, San Antonio ran out of gas last time at Amway. They go back to Amway again. Akeem Cato and company, sluggish start defense, sluggish start in the first half. Much better second half effort. Jeff Higgins knows that in their write-up that they had on their website. He was saying, good fight, need to start out faster. That Desmond Maxwell saying the same deal. This isn't the team we are. They get to face a gunslinger's team that now is a little bit confident getting the win at home. Things are coming together. Quarterback's getting in sync with his receiving core. How are we looking at this one? Do you want me to do it as a fan who betted? on them last week and should be getting free tacos here. Sure. For I mean, Hey, let's, let's go taco Jim. Why not? All right. Uh, thank you for your tacos. I really do enjoy it, but, um, I like, uh, the Turkey legs that are served in Orlando. Um, I think <laughs> Orlando, uh, holds off this week. I think they sluggish start another road trip for San Antonio coming into the, uh, to the jungle. Kato's going to be, Again, we thought he was questionable last week. He looked like he was kind of sluggish. I think he'll have his feet under him again. Orlando is a good team. They've shown this year. They just had a stumbling block last week. Uh, for early advantages of the keys of this game, get the receivers involved. Get Beavers involved. Get Outlaw involved. Something Jacksonville did. They eliminated those two players early in the game. that got them that 26-point lead. For Orlando, uh, be consistent. Score early. Get out of the gate. You didn't get out of the gate in Jacksonville. That hurt you. For San Antonio... Bring that attitude to uh, Orlando like you did against Albany. Uh, Orlando is a good, solid team. They're not Albany. Orlando is very be- beatable. And as you can tell so far right now in the league, how parity is in the National Arena League, um, anyone's can be, anyone can be beat. Um, but for me, I just I look at the travel that Orlando has to do, and I see Je- uh, Orlando, um, San Antonio having to travel to Orlando, but I see Orlando at home. Uh, getting the complete season sweep of the season season series. But this game, just like the other two previous matchups, it's going to be close. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a very fun, active, uh, entertaining game in Orlando. So if you're watching this, ladies and gentlemen, tickets are available now in your uh, city. Uh, I think the – I don't know the number, but it's easy. Go to OrlandoPredators.com and get your tickets down for this matchup against the San Antonio Gunslingers. I think it's Star Wars night in Orlando. I may be wrong, but I got to check. But anyways, get your tickets. Uh, Amway is a beautiful arena. Get your tickets, ladies and gentlemen, for this game. Uh, but I like Orlando this one. I think this is going to be – I bet this is going to be a more entertaining game than the first two because I think San Antonio is much vastly improved, um, and I think San Antonio has a little bit of swag in them. And I think it's going to be an entertaining game, I just think. Orlando just outlasts the gunslingers here in Orlando or here in the Orleans matchup. Yes. Oh man. I, I think I'm honestly thinking this should be, you know, it's going to be a high scoring one, just like last time, you know, 
Um, it's, it's honestly going to come down to how consistent of a game can Jeff Higgins pull out? And honestly, can the momentum keep going for Fred Shaw's group? I mean, like I said, the, the recent signings that this new ownership's made, you know, offensively, this is the best the gunslingers have looked, have looked, they're getting better as the years gone on, gone on. And it's pushing, I think that they can get a second win. And I actually am going to go with it. that The gunslingers take this one in their third matchup against the predators. I, I know you're, I see what you're doing. You're in you're, you're, you're I am playing a copycat. Okay. I'm playing a copycat. Uh, that's what We're I'm doing. Flopping right. each week, man. We can't, we have to be consistent <laughs> at least once. Uh, I'm going with the parody, man. Look, they, it's all they good, play, bro. It's all good. Exactly. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> you, you mistake me for arguing. I, I'm, <laughs> uh, here, here's, here's the deal. I, like, oh, I, how dare you? <laughs> my my concern lies now that you have Anthony Johnson and Philip Barnett supplementing alongside Khalil Rashad in that in that passing game. Three multifaceted weapons. T- Barnett's a tall, beefy, beefy guy that can go up for a ball at any time. Khalil Rashad's the speedster, the great kick mm-hmm. returner on that side. And defensive defensively, I was impressed with what the Gunslingers were able to do last week. Can they do it again? First off, that'll be my main question. Secondly, though, do I trust the Predators secondary to step up and adjust to this set, this set of receivers coming into town and trying to stop them for the second time in a few weeks? I don't know. I think that's hard for me to say. Um, and I think that after what I saw last week, I just don't know if you're going to be able to stop the gunslingers. I think Kent's finally getting into more of a groove. You know, at the beginning of his tenure, he looked somewhat skittish behind the pocket. He's kind of settled down again. Some some of those signings that San Antonio's made is to help it benefit him, and I think he's getting comfortable with what's around him now. I'm gonna. It's gonna come down the wire. It's gonna be a good game in Amway, and I'm as you talked about buying tickets. Tickets are kind of selling fast. If I'm looking at the pre-sales right now in Amway, which I am in front of me, they're going. It's gonna be a pretty. It should be a pretty packed game. Based on what I can tell, it's a Preds and Prowers alumni night, by the way, as well as Father's Day appreciation night at the Amway oh, Center this weekend. So right on, uh, right a lot on. going on, a lot going on and truck night. There's actually a lot. There's like three things going on at the same time. It's just, just it's a big it's a big event. It's a big event. They Mr. Cheney, Mr. Sterling there. They they got a lot. They, they, made, they get a packed event for you folks if you go out to the Amway Center. That's all I'm saying uh, this evening. Um, but I got the gunslingers. They get win number two. I, I don't know if this is going to keep on to where they get to a playoff status, but uh, look, I think there's a lot of good things going on with the gunslingers. I don't, hey, if I lose, I lose. I, I'm, I'm feeling good vibes with this team right now. I like where they're going. Well, if they do win, they will gain a game on whoever the four seed is because that matchup between the two teams that are currently in second or third and fourth are the Columbus Lions and the Jacksonville Sharks. They are currently two games ahead of the uh, San Antonio Gunslingers in the standings, so they get the game advantage there. But, of course, right now, both teams have the tiebreaker over San Antonio as they both have victories. Speaking of that second matchup, third matchup in the jungle in Columbus is the rivalry reborn for the final time in the regular season. The Jacksonville Sharks are traveling to the Columbus Lions Two teams completely different than they were a couple weeks ago in Jacksonville and what they were in week one. Same, some new faces, some same faces. 
but two different teams going two different directions that were just a couple weeks ago struggling to find themselves in the league. Arvell oh, yeah. Nelson goes to Columbus for the first time as a quarterback, and Smith is introduced into the rivalry against the Jacksonville Sharks. Very, very crucial game. Jacksonville was on fire, went three in a row. Columbus with a big-time upset over the Carolina Cobras. This is an intriguing game, an interesting game. But dang it, I have to say this. Prove me wrong, Jacksonville. Prove me wrong. I got Columbus winning this. Prove me wrong, Jacksonville. When, When in Columbus, then I'll pick you to beat Columbus and Columbus. Until then, I'm not picking you to beat Columbus and Columbus. So prove me wrong, Jacksonville. This game is going to be one of the ugliest games this week. I think the two defenses are getting up there. Arvell Nelson and Smith are two dynamic quarterbacks. This is going to be an entertaining game. This is going to be a pivotal rivalry game between the three teams. But as a fan, I'll be cheering for the Sharks. I'll be fins up, whatever. But I remember week one. I remember last year. Somehow, some way, they just know how to beat us in Columbus. And until Jacksonville proves me that they can win in Columbus, I'm not picking the Sharks to beat Columbus, beat the Carolina, or beat the Columbus Lions in Columbus. So, Man. Columbus Lions, in my prediction, win a close one in the jungle to win a season series. But in my fandom, Sharks won by three scores. But <laughs> right now, um, I can't. Columbus. Prove me wrong, Jacksonville. Prove me in the city of Duval wrong, wrong that you can win in Columbus. Keys, I want you to just say this right now. Just keys. I'm going to get my keys. I forgot to do my keys of the game. My bad. It's just going up. Keys of the game. Simple. What quarterback can be consistent throughout the game? They're both playing against two good defenses. They both have equal amount of uh, weapons. The quarterback that gets more consistent early and sustains it wins the game. And this is a pivotal matchup between two quarterbacks that have shown over the last couple of weeks that they can get their receivers in position and they can win the game by the arm. Whoever gets consistent first wins. Sorry, Jax. Columbus wins this one. Prove me wrong. Go Sharks. Well, I'll tell you, my <laughs> gate, my keys to the game before I make my pick here simply is going to become, it's going to be first off at the line, Kerry Starks. How much pressure are you going to bring, bring here? How quickly can you get back to Arvell Nelson? Something I like that you see coach that you're seeing with coach Burley and company, what they're doing, they are getting quick. If it's, if pressure is an issue, Arville Nelson's great at doing quick passes. He is an, he does an excellent job of doing the passes that are just quick up and throw to your first read. So questions, can you get pressure? And is that secondary going to keep showing up like it has for Columbus and shutting down? Maybe those quick passes, maybe is it going to cover Dallas? Is it going to make Jacksonville work every inch of that turf? to get TDs. And right now, I mean, honestly, even if you look back at that, of the second matchup in the shark tank, Columbus's defense is what was keeping them in the game. Now I know that was Malik Henry. That's something that's a big change. Malik Henry was running that ship. Those and first Devin two Wilson. matchups and Devin Wilson is, well, as of right now, we're not sure of his stats. I'm yeah. going to lean on. He's probably not playing out of safety here mm-hmm. out of the safety of the rest of the season for where they are at the moment. Um, nonetheless, you know, does Harville Nelson, can he find a few more avenues against the stout Columbus defense? And for Columbus, here's the deal. Daniel Smith, can you do a second performance like you did last week? 
Because that's going to be, to me, the deciding factor. If Daniel Smith is playing like he did last week against Carolina, I got Columbus. And I think that's where I'm leaning towards right now. Arvell Nelson's impressive, but that Columbus Lions defense has been pretty damn impressive. I mean, I've been, I have been, I mean, Jason Gibson's got a unit that has been playing lockdown in arena, in terms of arena terms, it's been playing lockdown for a lot of the season and it's been keeping the lions in games. That's the main reason they're 500 right now. That offense has been putting along defensively. They have kept them in every, in almost every game, every step of the way for the most part. Yep. I got them with a competent offense. Now, if Daniel Smith is thrown like he was last week, I got the lions. It's going to be just like you said, though, these two, it's an ugly game every time. These guys get at each other. This is the to me. I know we talk rivalries. We sometimes throw them around, maybe loosely ish, but this is a definitive de facto. If I had to tell you the rivalry in the NAL, that I would say you tune in to see how these two get at each other's throats. It's these two. Any given time of the year, it's going to be one you want. To, it's a dog fight, but I think the Lions come out on top. They'll get their second straight win. They'll be keeping on moving on up Jacksonville. It's as simple to me as defensively. Can you show up and can you find how to stop Daniel Smith? Slow him down. That's it. Prove it. Prove it. Prove Otherwise it wrong, Columbus's defense is to me a bit too much of an imposing threat, especially when you have Wilson down mm-hmm. in your receiving core, but it's going to be also, one hell of a week. <laughs> and also for Jack's, if they beat uh, Columbus this week, it's going to be a big one on the road. Uh, a series win will be yep. huge for Jacksonville. Exactly. And also, if my prediction does happen between Carolina and Albany, Jacksonville will be the second-place team with two games ahead against the Carolina Cobras with a possible win in that series. So Jacksonville, yes, I know this is way looking forward to this is how crucial this game is. They got Orlando back-to-back weeks, one in Jacksonville, one in Orlando. Find a way to win that series. Jacksonville's at a point. They're at a crossroads right now for Jacksonville. They can either be okay, we'll settle for that four or that three seed, or can we go after the number one seed? Do we have that chance to do that? And we've said it multiple times. You've said it. Every player that we've interviewed has said it. Coaches have said it. The attitude and the atmosphere inside the Shark Tank in a playoff game is hostile. It is. If Jacksonville finds a way to get even a home game in the playoffs, that's a great accomplishment about how they did from the first couple of weeks. But it can all go away if they don't show up at Columbus. But they win. All those things are very achievable. And then Columbus has a chance to be that team to get a home game in the playoffs. So that's one thing I love about week nine. That's one thing I liked about week eight, man. It's that week eight gave us this chaos. And we're entering. And this week, if our predictions go, got more chaos. Um, So, yeah, I can't wait. You take an over or under that a team makes a 50-point mark against in Columbus and Jacksonville. Because I'm going with under. I think both teams finish below 50 points. Yeah, I'll have side. to. I, I have to do an under. Um, now, if it was like 55 and uh, like a 45 and a half, I say over. But 50 and a half, I gotta stay under. Yeah. Hmm. Oh man. Like I said, with, with how last week went, it just makes everything a little more up in the air. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have gone with Jacksonville. I just, I think the deep, like I said, for like your sake, it's very mm-hmm. much a, all right. Uh, <laughs> prove it, a prove it thing. A, uh, a nut up or shut up as we no. also have said as well. <laughs> another, another, another over under is a total points in, in all, but in, uh, between Jackson and Columbus, 120, 120 and a half under. Yeah, I'll take the under on that one too. So yeah, yeah, it's going to be only if there was betting, man. Man, I know, I know, man. right? 
I'll be losing so much money in this league because knowing our luck, yeah, they're going to do the under. Final score here in Columbus, Jacksonville 72, Columbus 65. Well, better, there went the freaking under that we thought. That better's be nervous every week, I swear. The, this league would be would leave people in like anxious anxious fits. And people want to know why the AFL kind of collapsed. Look at the betting apps that they had on there. Like they're sending the over unders at 42 and a half in the arena football game. They're like, no, you're taking the over every single time. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a fun week. I can't wait. And for me, I have two having two days, Friday and Saturday, to watch the action. It's good. I can't wait. And hopefully we get some chaos. And me, person who covers this league, I love chaos. So if I was a homer last week for your team, I'm not a homer this week. So <laughs> I'm picking against my team. It's hard for me to pick against the Sharks, but yeah. Uh, prove me wrong, Sharks. Uh, Albany, prove me wrong. Um, if not, I think Jonathan Bain's going to get a broom and just, you know, broom you guys out of the building. Um, that's going to be a question if they meet each other in the playoffs. Can you lose Man. the same team four times in the season? Good, good point. I mean, ugh. I mean, at that point, you know, it's a, that you know, if it keeps going the trend, I don't. I don't. I want to say I don't know if I don't know if it'll happen a, a fourth time. You know, right now I just don't feel like it. Maybe it's hard we, to be the same team three times. Yeah, a few weeks ago, if you had told me different, if you if we talked back, yeah, maybe a fourth, but I don't know. Trends are not looking that way. Oh. And like I've them. done a lot of I've done a lot of computer projections of the remaining of the season. Um, a lot of the season finality standings I have, the most common top four I get. Is is Carolina, Jacksonville, Columbus, Albany, with Albany and Carolina meeting each other in the playoff, and Carolina and Jacksonville, Columbus meet each other in the playoff. In the most the most high percentage. So there's other matches like uh, Orlando's that there at four, San Antonio's there at four. So um, I should post that on our social so I show you what you guys are talking about. But majority of the percentage, eighty percent of the time, the four teams in order are uh, Carolina, Jacksonville. Columbus and Albany that finished the season as the top four teams. So yeah, it's we got six weeks left. And this time last year, the season was just getting going. And yeah. speaking of this time last year, was our debut episode of Inside the Walls uh debuted on June 18th, 2021. So this Saturday or Sunday or this weekend, me and Zach will have a special celebration podcast released to you guys talking about our great moments of our show, best interviews, better interactions, some dumb topics or takes that we did and were completely wrong about it. Um, but yeah, the podcast will drop special during this weekend. Um, I'm trying to get some guests on, uh, hopefully. Maybe not if you see this. Anybody who sees this, Mason, anybody, you send a message, it's cool. That'd be awesome. Um, we'll put it on the video. It's just, just reliving the back the one... Um, year of the inside the walls podcast episode 50 episodes in one year and the official podcast of the national green league so we got a lot to talk about this weekend but we'll release it in the afternoon so you can watch your nal action at night or you can watch us during the game if your team is losing um and you don't want to watch the game you can watch <laughs> us just talk about your team losing um, just but a, no. we're just a distraction at that point <laughs> for you it's to yeah. get your mind off of what might be going yeah. on on the other screen <laughs> if you're if you're one for like us and have the multi-screen setups where we're we got them all tracking and all that, you know. That's a pain sometimes. I'm like, what game is 
what i know and then throw in i got i'm watching usfl too so i throw that in i'm just like oh mind overload but i'll track it i'll gotta get it all down (laughs) well (laughs) a couple weeks you're getting reduced your your eight four games are going down to two games pretty soon so yeah so our 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 podcasting schedule is it's starting i know i don't want to say it but it's kind of winding down um weird and in eight weeks the season's over for us but still but we're not leaving we have off seasons coverage to do um but yeah it's a for six weeks left in the season i wanted chaos week eight gave that to us and hopefully week nine gives us that and why not enjoy it together as i'll definitely be on one of these chat boards talking with everyone like i did last week so yes and appreciate all the love and support guys yeah, and thanks for our pa- thanks for being patient with us this week again. I mean, we can't control the weather in either side of our of the country we're on, so you know, no. appreciate. It. I know we we had people asking, you know, hey, the show's gonna come out right. I love we we love that because it's like you guys care about checking us out every week too. Yeah. That that is that is awesome. As much as we hate delaying a show, that is awesome to know. Like, there's folks out there like, hey, I want my show, man. I love hearing, listening, tuning in. That's awesome. So thank you guys for being patient with us. Much can't appreciate that enough and enjoy this evening's games. Like I said, two, two, three tonight. You know, if you're signing off now, if not, I mean, you're, you're listening to what you thought we were talking about. Maybe we were right. Maybe we we're wrong. Who knows? Or you're listening before Saturdays. All I'm telling mm-hmm. you is good slate of action for week nine. NAL season keeps on gearing up to be an exciting conclusion going into the, going into playoffs as we go into the second half of the season here, kind of yep. gearing up for that later on in July fun stuff ahead everybody so thank you for tuning in if you're wanting to follow us by the way on social say this is your first time or if you just haven't followed us on social media what are you doing uh go check us out at at in walls pod that's facebook instagram and twitter at in walls pod also be sure to subscribe on youtube we are giving away tickets to an nal game two tickets we give to you if you subscribe and we hit that hundred subscriber mark during the regular season we're almost there we're under 15 away to getting that number. So if you subscribe onto that channel, hitting the bell, by the way, builds morale as a uh, good buddy of the show has said to us in the past, you can have a chance of going to maybe, maybe your first NAL game. Huh? Maybe you're watching, you haven't gone before. This is your shot. Or if you're just a big fan and you just want some tickets on us, why not subscribe and check us out? So do that on our YouTube page as well. Check us out on, of course, our podcast platforms. If you aren't for some reason already, or if you're watching the YouTube version and you know you want to flip over and do audio, drop us a review, by the way, five stars. We appreciate that. Until next time, we leave you with the famous one thing you got to take home after every show. Breakfast tacos after a San Antonio upset. What? Yes. What? Huh? Oh, no, no. Don't be. <laughs> A jack out of boxing. I'm not talking about the restaurant. <laughs> uh, I, I, can, I take take on the breakfast tacos too. Until next time, everybody. Catch you later. Enjoy week nine's action. See you next week. <laughs>